0: Humility is the quality or state of not thinking you're better than other people. Pastor Ray Bentley says we should pursue that quality.
1: Humility should be a desire of every follower of Jesus Christ. The nature of God, who is all-powerful, he is also humble. He who is the most exalted is the one who humbled himself the most.
0: Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. We all value humility. None of us likes a haughty braggart, and none of us sees ourselves that way. But C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Today, Pastor Ray continues our studies in Mark as we learn how to follow the humility of Christ.
1: Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 9. We're going through the Gospel of Mark and and Jesus gets to disciple each and every one of us. Truth that sets men and women free. Okay, Mark chapter 9, uh, we're going to look at three different sections of verses tonight. So the first one is verses 38 and 39. The question being, this is Jesus asking, you know, there are various levels of followers. There are the intimate followers that he is, has as disciples. There are other hangers on that are kind of a, a, a mixed uh, crowd. And then there's a mixed multitude beyond that that are just following for the miracles. And Jesus is constantly wanting people to go further inside. And I, I wanna challenge you. I, I hope that, here's my desire, is that wherever you are in those kind of inner rings, That you will not be satisfied with where you are, but that you are, by being here, you're saying, I want to go deeper in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that true of anybody out there tonight? Uh, Hello? Um, Because it's all about not only relationship, but I want to define what kind of relationship the Lord wants with you. He wants a friendship relationship. It's incredible. It's not just, you know, Abraham who started everything off. uh, As he was known, this was his, this is probably what's written, was written on his tombstone. Abraham, the friend of God. You know, your whole life, (laughs) you live your whole life, and then, you know, on the on the stone, there's only room for kind of one short little sentence. (laughs) What, What will be the epitaph of your life? That's a great question to have. I mean, you know, there's the date. Here's when I was born. And here, another date, here's where I died. And your life is that little two-inch strip, that little dash. It's pretty short. And then above it, they say something. When you think of David, what is the phrase that comes to your mind? David, a man after God's own heart. Abraham, the friend of God. We get to be his friends. Jesus said, I don't even call you servants anymore, but I call you friends. So that's where we're headed is into a deeper relationship with him. So verse 38, it says, now John answered him saying, teacher, so this is an ongoing conversation. We're just going to pick up where we left off last time. John answered him saying, teacher, so Jesus is in a teaching, discipling, uh, mentoring mode right now. Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, do not forbid him. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterward speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So looking at these verses in the very beginning here, notice Jesus says, it is impossible to be neutral about me. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, I put um, another perspective there, another verse in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud together. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad." You can't be neutral. So what is Jesus saying? Well, as clearly and simply as I can put it, if you think, well, I'm neutral, I'm not against Jesus, but I'm not exactly for him. Well, okay, that's your opinion. Now let's talk to Jesus himself. What does he say? He says that if you are not for me, You are against me. And he, he, in other words, he does not let you live comfortably in that place where I'm just trying to get along and go along with everything. He, He wants you to come to a decision. If you say, well, I haven't decided. He goes, well, then you did decide. Because until you decide, Jesus said to be for me, until that moment, you are living daily, hourly, moment by moment, heartbeat by heartbeat against me. Now, how many would admit life on planet Earth is really, really hard? And then you die. (laughs) You know, uh, there's enough, how many would agree there's enough pressure, stress, and things to make you anxious in life as it is? Why would you want to be living every day of your life, every waking moment, every breath that is a gift from God, every heartbeat that is also a gift from God, your heart is in the hands of the Lord? And you are against Jesus Christ in His words because you have not yet made a decision for Him. Well, you say, "Well, what what can I do to remedy that?" Very simply, make a choice for Jesus. (laughs) He is constantly he he now he knocks at the door of your heart. Revelation three twenty, I stand at the door and knock. And I love that scripture for a variety of reasons. Number one, uh, many other religions, and I will add beyond religions, cults are very very aggressive. And, you know, they force and they compel uh, and, and they abuse and they use. But I love that Jesus is a gentleman. He stands and he knocks. He's persistent. And he has always been with you. Uh, from the moment you were conceived, created, brought into this world, he's always with you. But salvation is when he comes inside. But he who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. So the Lord does not leave us room to be neutral. Uh, and so. But here it's interesting, this anonymous guy who's been following beyond the, the disciples and he's been watching and he's been listening to Jesus teach. He has followed the disciples so that when Jesus has sent them out by this time, we're You know, we're well into Jesus' ministry, probably a couple of years into his ministry with the disciples. This guy has been following along. He has seen, who knows, maybe John or Matthew or Peter or somebody come up to somebody that that is demon-possessed, and in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I command you, evil spirit, leave this man, this woman, this boy, this girl alone. Come out of him. And the disciples have cast out demons. He, seeing and watching that, has gone, who knows, maybe to his own neighborhood, his own home, and someone that's being tormented of the devil, and has said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Lord rebuke you. Get out of him. And the demon comes out. Well, then somebody, you know, there's always a tattletale, right? Somebody tells John, and he goes, don't worry, I'll take care of this, Jesus we have somebody exercising demons, he's not one of us. (laughs) I'm sure you want to take care of this problem. And so Jesus responds to him. And look at what he said again. Verse 39. Do not forbid him. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Messiah, assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. I mean, what Jesus goes on to say, not only am I going to not forbid him, I want to encourage people like him. That's the whole point. John, Peter, Matthew, James. I want others to become jealous of the work of the spirit of God in your life. I want those who are on the outside to start coming into the next level of relationship, intimacy, and friendship and experience, whoo, God used me. I'm a nobody. I'm a, his name is not mentioned. His name is, to us is anonymous. Anonymous disciple. He's got a name. We'll meet him maybe in heaven and that'll be kind of a fun lunch to have. You know, how many of you want it? Let's meet with the guy that was, yeah, that was me, you know, and well, he'll tell us his name. But not only that, Jesus says, not only will I reward that, he goes, you know, which is pretty dramatic, casting a demon out of someone, but even something as small as giving a cup of cold water to a little child that is thirsty, God takes notice of it. You don't have to do big miracles to get your heavenly Father's approval or attention. And and so often, you know, especially in church and ministry and all this, you know, uh, you go, well, I could never be a pastor and I could never be a a missionary and I could never be a great evangelist like Billy Graham. So we wrongly minimize the things that we do. But in the eyes of your Father in heaven, even the smallest uh, gift of kindness or love or self-sacrifice or blessing that maybe softens that child's heart to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they grow up and say, because of your love and because of your graciousness and your kindness, I believe in Jesus too. And an eternal soul is saved. Hey, you're in, man. You are one of the disciples and you are highly favored and greatly blessed.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. We really enjoy hearing from our listeners. It's a blessing to hear how these broadcasts often reach people at just the right time. I'm at a place in my life where I need to be grounded. I need help and I need comfort. I've been looking to other people and things to fill all my needs. I never realized all I needed to do was look up and ask God to help. When I heard Pastor Ray, it felt like he was speaking directly to me. And every word he said was dealing with my life. After hearing the message, I ask God into my heart. I ask Him to take control of my life and lead me. Thank you, Pastor Ray. How have these studies impacted your life or your family? Drop Pastor Ray an email at ray at raybentley.com. Again, ray at raybentley.com. And now, more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Now, it's, it's very important that a disciple of Jesus be humble. And so we have to talk about um, humility. How, how many of you, honestly, tonight, if you are humble and you know it, please raise your hand. Let's see. <laughs> Come on. You know, we don't, you know, it's funny, I heard the story of a man whose church awarded him a medal for his outstanding humility. And then they had to take it away from him because one Sunday he wore it to church. (laughs) So humility is a very tough subject to talk about. And, And what we are talking about here is humility. Anonymous disciple doing something, not for recognition. It wasn't like he was going, hey, Jesus, I cast out a demon. It was John tattletaling about somebody who had experienced the power of God. There was humility there. And... Humility should be a desire of every follower of Jesus Christ. Um, This is the nature. This is is what's mind-boggling and and that we need to grasp and understand. The nature of God, who is all-powerful, he is also humble. The most powerful being that created everything Is humble, approachable, gentle. He who is the most exalted is the one who humbled himself the most. In fact, uh, going into Philippians chapter two, uh, there in the first five, six, seven verses, where it talks about Jesus who, who thought it not Robert to be equal with God, but humbled himself and became a man in the, and, in the form of a man and a servant and, and obedient, and even be obedient to the death. I mean, if you go phrase by phrase, there are seven steps of how Jesus humbled himself. Seven steps he went down, literally from heaven down to the earth and to the cross. And then he who was the most humbled is the most exalted, and there are seven steps to ex- exaltation, all the way back up to glory. So that to the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Yes. Now, as I put here in your notes, humility should be deeply desired by all believers, but is usually acquired through pain and humiliation. <laughs> it is true that the scriptures command us to humble ourselves but we usually need help to do so. (laughs) So you do not need to really pray, oh God, please make me humble. I need more humility. It's guaranteed in this life coming to you. (laughs) That you will be humbled. And and the way that God humbles us, all of us, this is not unique to any, any individual. It's true of me, it's true of all of us. Uh, the, the best way that God humbles us is he humiliates us. We get humiliated. And amazingly, it is in our downfall from sin, failure, uh, you know, doing what's right in our own eyes, and God humbles us, and then we get humiliated by our sin that opens our heart to truly be humbled by the Lord. And then, what does he do? When we get humiliated and humbled, what does God do? He doesn't come up and go, I told you so. He gets down on his knees, he picks us up. He carries us and he goes, I'm so sorry. I knew this was going to happen. I saw it, I tried to tell you and warn you, but you wouldn't listen and you didn't trust me. Now will you listen to me a little more closely that what I said and what I meant was to keep you from this? Yes, yes Lord, I don't ever want to do that again. That hurt. I'm humiliated. And we get stamped uh, with humility through humiliation. And but the beautiful thing about that is, and I and I, this is, you know, all of our stories that have testimonies, those failures become turning points for our spiritual growth. How many of you can point to your absolute, I blew it, failure, humble, humiliated. And then, thank God, aren't you glad when you're totally humiliated that God is gracious, merciful, forgiving? And then he picks you back up and dusts you off and says, okay, let's get back on the path. So notice here, as I put in your notes, our humiliations can be turned from stumbling blocks to stepping stones. In other words, your humiliations, which develop the character of your father, which is humility, become gifts or blessings in disguise. This is the proof that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. Okay, verses 42 through 48. Let's look at that. It says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, now if, you, if you're going to go stumble others, whoa, Oive. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, here's Jesus' recommendation. Cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed (laughs) rather than having two hands. To go to hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die. I don't want to go to a place where worms don't die. And the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, oh no, another body part, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die. I don't like that. And the fire is not quenched. And if your eye, oh no, Lord, not the eye, causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where those lousy little worms do not die and the fire is not quenched. Wow, that's pretty heavy stuff. Now, there are many who read this and if you first read it and you want to take this, okay, wow, if I, really, if I started cutting off every body part that had sinned, I would be a dead stump. In history, there have been those who have uh, tried to do this literally, maimed themselves in other ways in, in, a, in a horrific way. Now, how many of you are aware that Jesus was Jewish? Raise your hand if you're aware of that. Okay, one of the ways of, of Jewish teaching is, as I mentioned here, to speak in hyperbole. In other words, you, you are using a, a picture that is to make your mind scream, I mean the thought just the thought of plucking out your eye cutting off your hand or cutting off your foot it's not just kind of like you know we're teaching you know and we're giving you some nice principles and techniques to follow to make your life blissful and happy like some guru no Jesus is giving the words that have eternal life and eternal consequences to heaven or to hell And so look, honestly, Jesus is using extreme language to get an extreme emotional, mental, spiritual impact in your heart and life. Honestly, when a person has a problem, a sin issue, if the problem is sin and you cut your hand off, does that stop your other hand from sinning? No. If you cut both hands off, does that stop you from sinning? No. Cutting your feet off? No. Plucking out your eye and you still got one good eye and then that one sins. You just go on and on. Now, sin is, is not really just the hand. It's not just the eye. The problem is, and, and the, what Jesus is saying is for people to go, well, then I, I would totally die and be dismembered. So he's getting to the root. He's getting to the heart of the issue. If you have a pen or pencil, I want you to write this down and never forget it. Sin is a heart Problem. And Jesus is using radical, surgical language to pierce hard hearts. Hard hearts. Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23. I'm going to read this. It's from the complete Jewish Bible, so it says it in a little different way. But I'm going to read it out loud. You can follow along from your notes. Here's what Jesus described later. You've got to compare Scripture with Scripture to get the full understanding of it. It is what comes out of a person, Jesus went on, that makes him unclean. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes forth wicked thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, indecency, envy, slander, arrogance, foolishness. All these wicked things come from within And they make a person unclean. If sin is a heart problem. What Jesus is teaching is that sin is to our hearts. What a cancerous tumor is to our body. In other words, radical surgery needs to be performed. Or that will kill you. That cancerous tumor could kill you. So, you know, now the basic two choices. Either we go in and cut that cancerous tumor out, which means you go under anesthesia, major surgery to cut it out, or we leave it in you and we do this radical thing called chemotherapy that is like poison that basically kills almost everything and hopefully it kills the tumor and doesn't kill too many of your cells so that you live and survive through it. But it's, it's either way, it's radical. How many would agree with that? It's radical. Jesus is saying that, that for sin that is within us, it is radical. And if it's not dealt with, if it's not confessed as sin, forgiven, come into relationship with Jesus Christ, that sin will lead you to hell.
0: An important warning from Pastor Ray Bentley by way of our studies in Mark chapter 9 today here on Maranatha Radio. And obviously there's more to come in this message. Now, today's study is titled, Truth That Sets Us Free. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you first arrive at our homepage, when you click Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights, via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll find Pastor Ray's latest books there, too. His new books, On the Mountain of the Lord, and his latest, The Threshing Floor, a prophetic fiction novel. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on our site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127 Next time join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark more from God's word next time on Maranatha Radio Maranatha bringing the message of Christ soon return the whole gospel to the whole world Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.